0: The word go
1: forth. Fool me once.
0: Are you fired up? If I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go?
1: Shame on shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel yeah. you fool me, we can't get fooled again.
0: <laughs> yeah, Snoop and Willie. I agree. Snoop and Willie, the two. Uh, most uh, the, the kindest two musicians in history, possibly.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Snoop did kill that guy.
0: If he had to. <laughs> he absolutely had to. And that trial was terrible. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, I'm Ben Kissel, as always, with uh, with Mr. Marcus Parks. Hello. Uh, yeah, Snoop Dogg, amazing. Yeah, yeah. love him. Him and Willie I would, They should get together they, they need to collaborate Before Willie dies I think they have Have they? Yeah They were on
1: uh, Willie Nelson's Heroes album Oh I love Yeah it. that was uh, released In 2012 Yeah that was when um, He uh, sang the song Roll me up and smoke me When I die Oh, amazing. He closed it out when I uh, saw Willie Nelson a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, he closed out with that song. It's a wonderful
0: song. Wow. Roll me up and smoke me when I die, but chop me up into little pieces and burn me for. I mean, (laughs) you imagine how big that blunt would have to be? The giant person that you would have to just roll him up in carpet or something. (laughs) I don't know how you'd do that. That's a hell of a way to go, though. Uh, Well, speaking of musicians, let's see. First of all, I want to say thanks so much. Uh, for everyone that uh, To everyone who came out to the live last podcast on the left show, it was amazing yeah, last night.
1: Such a great show. Such a great crowd, man. Thank you, yeah. everyone, for coming out.
0: The best. And if you missed it, it's on YouTube right now. Um, I think it'll just be there forever, right? Yeah. So it's just last podcast on the left live, and then whatever the hell the date was. So mm-hmm. I think it was, what, the 25th or something? September 26th. It's September 26th. So uh, go, you can find it on YouTube, and uh, it's it's super fun. So thanks so, uh, so much for everybody who came out. Amazing fans. They're like the best human beings on the face of the planet. And you know what? They're not dumb. No, they're not. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you have any idea how many idiots like comedy? Mm-hmm. And then we actually found people that are intelligent that enjoy us. It's Would
1: super it? surprising.
0: Well, it's not surprising because you're smart, Marcus.
1: No. Yeah,
0: Yeah, you are. But uh, <laughs> we did talk about uh, musicians here, obviously, with Willie and Snoop Dogg. They did not perform at this week's, um, I don't know, biggest sham event? <laughs> I think it's because they have the little thing
1: called dignity
0: or integ-
1: integrity. Or they weren't asked. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but uh, this week in uh, liberal hypocrisy alert and this just happens to be the case because it is what it is. So don't be like, oh he's being all conservative. It's just the, this is where the left fails miserably. Yeah. They put on a festival for poverty called the Global Citizens Festival and it was for poverty and a bunch of other situations. It, it was a hodgepodge. Yeah. It it was a hatch hodgepodge of ideas. The environment was involved because there's nothing more environmental than getting, you know, 50,000 lunatics together, drinking bottled water and uh, and, you know, littering on the floor, littering on the ground. I yeah. hate big festivals like this because uh, they're so hypocritical. It's ridiculous. Everybody on that stage is extremely wealthy and they're talking to people who are extremely wealthy in the crowd who are all pretending they're doing something for poor people, and it's awful.
1: Well, let me tell you how you get tickets mm-hmm. to the Global Citizen Festival. Attendees, this is from the Daily News story that came out today, uh-huh. said attendees nabbed tickets by pledging to take part in the, quote, Action journey.
0: Ooh, what's the action journey? I want to be a
1: part of it. <laughs> it's a part of the Global Poverty Project, which aims to eradicate extreme poverty by 2030, uh-huh. raise awareness about climate change, and advocate and advance educational resources for women. So they got okay. it's a three pronged attack.
0: Oh, advance the educational resources for women, not that because you know they're doing so terribly with the high graduation rates <laughs> and the fact that they score better on standardized testing than men. Uh, they are cr- the the there is a huge myth about. Women in education In this country They're crushing Yeah They are dominating There has never been A better time uh, To be a woman In this country Especially when it comes To the educational system They are dumb Because men are dumb Mm -hmm. And we're like brick. Go on. <laughs> I put brick on brick. And, you know, this is where our brains are. Women are absolutely dominating the educational field, and I don't know why that doesn't get more press.
1: It does not. But what they're talking about here is they're talking about Zimbabwe. Uh, well, that what, is true. Yeah, 2017, the African country will be removing the right for women to get an education. So, mm. you know what Mike and Danielle Cooper from Milford, Connecticut did
0: to did get they, their tickets? Did they go to Zimbabwe and build a school and try to petition the, the local governments to change their re- ridiculous laws they sent an email oh they did (laughs) they i can't believe they took such action as to sit on their asses and send an email but they sent it to the president of zimbabwe oh and i'm sure he got it in the president of zimbabwe at gmail.com account yeah and mike cooper said
1: that just made me about the zimbabwe thing he said that just made me really upset and realized just how good we have
0: it here in the u.s that did make him really upset and then he went back to rock into uh you know
1: Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Yeah, Ed Sheeran. And another Ed Sheeran fan, uh, Jenna Tipaldo from out there in Rockaway, Queens, uh, she said that what she did, her, what was it, quote, action journey?
0: Yeah, her what was her action journey? <laughs> did she send an email or did she go all the way to tweet somebody?
1: Oh, no. She actually picked up her telephone. Wow. She called Senator Chuck Schumer's office in support of women's rights and left him, quote, a very long message wow
0: (laughs) and i'm sure he listened to every sentence and every word she uttered in her very long message (laughs) it's brilliant it is so unbelievable if you would go and tell a woman in zimbabwe that you you support her and that you uh love her and you uh, believe she deserves an education and of course she does and she says thank you so much what are you doing uh to help me out and then you're like well, i'm i'm gonna go watch pearl jam <laughs> you know i'm gonna go watch eddie vetter on stage yeah, yeah so and it, it doesn't tra- it's so privileged this is such, such unbelievable privilege and the reason that i hate it so much is because they are pretending like they went they went to sleep on their uh unbelievably cozy beds and their head hit the pillow and their final thoughts were like I did something good today. Mm-hmm. You went to a concert, yeah, and you bought expensive food, and you bought expensive drinks, and the entire thing was a complete and utter sham that was bought and paid for by the corporations that uh, sponsor the television network, MSNBC. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with I mean, that's the way television works. I don't even care. You know, it, it, that corporations sponsor television. That's how a capitalism works in this country. But don't pretend as if you've done something amazing and pretend as if you've just done, uh, saved anybody I mean, the people, the people who are suffering in poverty must be completely just baffled. I'll tell you this.
1: Uh, guess how many costume changes Beyonce had? Eight. Three. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Three. But you'd imagine, how much does each one of those costumes cost? I mean, how many? How much did she spend on each concert? How many thou or each costume? How many right. thousands of dollars did each of those costumes cost?
0: Well, the craft services alone, of oh. course, craft services are the food that's given to the people who work at the events and the artists themselves. That could feed, you know, uh, Zimbabwe for a week. Yeah, if they just donated that food. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable what these people, uh, what what they get away with when it comes to telling people that they're doing good when in reality they are just motivating them to get off their asses and go to a concert so they can buy the goods that these people are slinging. It is unbelievable. It's crazy. Big Bird was there, though. Oh, I do love Big Bird. (laughs) I think there's a different guy playing Big Bird now.
1: Yeah, they did get a different guy playing. But yeah, Big Bird won, retired. Yeah, He Mm -hmm. uh, appeared on stage with World Bank President G-Young Kim.
0: Oh, okay, great. (laughs) No one who's helping out poverty more than G-Young Kim, the World Bank President. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, there was all kinds. I mean, all of them came out. Yeah, Surrey and Katie, Surrey Cruz and Katie Holmes came out. Stephen mm-hmm.
0: Colbert, and of course, you know what Surrey, Surrey Cruz, she knows what poverty's like. I mean, <laughs> at some point, yeah. like one time, her nanny was just. He looked at her all wrong. Yeah, she's not. She a, knows what suffering is. Yeah, she's
1: not a seven year old wearing clothing that costs hundreds upon hundreds of dollars, no. if
0: not thousands. No, absolutely not. She mm. understands what it's like to be a woman in Zimbabwe who's about to have their education ripped away from them. <laughs> I mean, there's no greater spokesperson for the poor than Surrey Cruz. Yeah. Everybody knows that.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, Sting came out uh, mm-hmm. with rapper Common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he used to came
0: out and he played bass. Because, you know, Sting's a bass player. I do know that. Yeah, yeah. he's very good at it. <laughs> him him and the Edge. Oh, yeah. no you too. No,
1: the Edge is a guitar player. Now yeah, whatever. <laughs>
0: But Bono, I do believe Bono was there as of course, well. Of Bono course. was there, yeah. Beyonce
1: and uh, what was it? Beyonce and Eddie Vedder came out and sang Redemption Song together.
0: Mm. You know, we talked about uh, Pastor Joel Osteen and some of the other EV, uh, evangelicals. I believe on the last episode we mentioned T D. Jakes in conversation. Mm-hmm. These people do the exact same thing when it comes to milking individuals for money under the guise that they're holier than thou. Out, out under the guise that somehow this is going to help create a better world. When in reality, again, all it did was ruin whatever fairgrounds they were on and, uh, you know... Ca- Central Park! They Oh, it ruined Central Park. <laughs> it was in Central Park? It was in Central Park! Oh, my God. Between the Pope and this, I mean, this city has gone to hell. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. But, you know, the, the amount of money they get from individuals um, in this situation, at the very least... Uh, none of it is going to be going to the people in Zimbabwe. I would love to follow this cache. Mm-hmm. Where It's all going to go to the executives who put on this event. It's the same thing other than Farm Aid, which Marcus and I both agree was a wonderful festival to help out the common farmer, mm-hmm. which is now a, a, a dying breed. They are the nice. way of the dinosaurs. The, it's, the it's, MoMA needs to have a, uh, not the MoMA, the uh, Natural History Museum should get rid of the Tyrannosaurus Rex and just put a farmer skeleton <laughs> in the middle of the doorway because that's where the American farmer has gone. He's deceased. It's gone. It's dead. It's uh, once it's the uh, American farmer and the American
1: rancher is the, I would say, the forgotten corporate takeover. Yeah. Uh, It's the one thing that when people talk about corporate takeovers, they talk about, you know, Walmart, putting small businesses in town uh, out of business. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't talk about the corporatization of farms and uh, specifically ranches uh, in which you just they're able to do the work of it used to take five, ten people. Now it takes one. Right. Uh, and my town, you know, that I grew up in is dead because of this. Right. Uh, they were down to two, three kids per class because the corporations came in. Uh, and they can now pay one guy and a couple of journeymen to come in and do the work that families used to do.
0: But of course, you know, that's not discussed at the Global Citizens Festival because they're too busy um, worrying about people that, in. In all reality, a Zimbabwean woman to these individuals in Central Park is a mythical creature. Yeah. Like, they don't they, – and that's why they support it, because they um, – they, uh, It's abstract. Transcri- it's abstract. They transcribe. Mm. They, they project their ideals of what they believe this woman is. In reality, I have – Zimbabwe is an extremely backwards country, especially when it comes to religion, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to gay rights. You could argue the Zimbabwean people are more hate-filled than uh, the individuals at a Ted Cruz rally. It's been instilled with them, then. You right.
1: know, it, it's a it's a very oh. the the African uh, Christianity, uh, I guess the African Christian revolution is an extremely interesting uh, subject.
0: Well, I mean, that's where the United uh, the United States. That's where the evangelicals <laughs> around here, who I mean, obviously have a, a, quite a bit of power, and we're going to talk about Donald Trump getting booed at the. <laughs> um, at the va- voter value, voter value conference, yeah. or the voters, the voters value summit. Anyway, d- Donald Trump, not 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 a favorite. No, and they I th- did not love him.
1: No, and I think another thing about these global, you know, the global citizen thing versus like you know the farm made thing. The farmers is you know the farmers they don't have the same politics as. Well, that's what I'm saying, Beyonce.
0: Well, exactly. They don't have the same politics and they think of them as, you know, hate filled monsters Mm -hmm. as opposed to. And then, of course, uh, the Zimbabwean woman who they see as a suffering individual. And obviously, uh, you know, things are not going great, uh, you know, for them over there. But they they project all their ideals and they pretend as if that person would go along with them when in reality that Zimbabwean woman is an individual again with full uh with a full mental capacity and she has her own ideas and her own opinions and many of them would probably contradict with the individuals who are currently dancing again to beyonce uh under the umbrella that they're helping out this woman Mm -hmm. as opposed to helping out somebody who's actually in this country who uh you know may not have the same politics as you but is in desperate need as well yeah which is your yeah which is your farmer and which is your rancher and which is honestly quite honestly uh the individual at cvs who got fired because their job was taken over by a machine And the jobs that, you know, the the people at McDonald's whose jobs have been taken over by machines, these would be individuals that I think would, uh, you know, it'd be nice to help them. But, of course, that's not a fun global cause, and it doesn't play into a narrative that MSNBC wants to, uh, you know, put out there. So that's where the global, Global Citizens Festival is just, I mean, unbelievable. It just, it trashed Central Park. That's what I'm going to say, Marcus Parks. (laughs) You you, you hadn't seen it, but you're going to say it. I haven't seen it. (laughs) I I don't go to Central Park. So we discussed uh, a little bit earlier about some business. Let's let's move on a little bit here. Scott Walker is out of the race, Mm. and uh, for the for the Republicans and uh, people in Wisconsin are devastated because he's back. (laughs) You know, everyone in Wisconsin was like, "Just go be president, never come back." Yeah. But now, of course, he has another full term as governor. He just—you I mean he just got reelected? So what? he's got another full term over there. Oh yeah. Oh man, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So he had twenty-four million dollars in his war chest. That's what his super PAC uh, was able to raise for him. He suspended his campaign. He's still got to pay off, the, you know, the the people that uh, that were working on the campaign, and the super PAC money will probably end up. Some of them might stick, uh, you know, with with Walker for for his governorship or whatever. But they're going to find another person to put that money. They're going to find another, um, you know, vessel to put that money in. And I think it's probably going to be Marco Rubio. Yep, he does very well. Again, going back to the Valor Values Voters Summit. Is it the Voter Values Summit? Values Voters? It's the Value. It's Value Voters. The Value
1: Voters Summit. Yes. It's the people who vote on things that
0: don't matter. The values. (laughs) They're all extreme couponers. (laughs) I'm just here for the values and the savings. (laughs) They love it. So uh, they love him. They love Marco Rubio, Mm -hmm. these evangelical types. And uh, he did very well in the last debate. He's getting a lot of traction, although I don't know. There's something wrong. He's got a piece of hair in the front of his head. (laughs) Did you see that? In the last he's got rogue hair yeah i don't know what happened every those two hairs must have you know been there must be an obnoxious couple on the subway and everyone just sort of like in the hairline just kind of fled away and went to other cars because they couldn't deal with it
1: it's a real bad hairline it's a bad hair it looks like corpse hairline
0: he might be a corpse (laughs) he's the weekend at bernie's candidate (laughs) <laughs> yeah and Donald Trump so, I mean definitely so, not reading the crowd here. No, Donald Trump not reading the crowd. This is not his crowd. For the first time Donald Trump has been um uh, he's he's engaging with the um with the evangelical right. Which are cuckoo bananas? Yeah, and my parents are evangelical. I know the evangelical right very, very much, and they did not love Donald Trump's uh, answer when it came to religion. When he discussed communion, I drink the wine, I eat the cracker. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, it was it was totally, uh, completely out of. Uh, not not in the narrative that the evangelicals like like to follow, and did not. He does not understand how they speak. No, you know they're like I'm saved. You know all these ridiculous things. So um, he made fun. Donald Trump made fun of Marco Rubio at the Value Voters Summit, and they booed him. Yeah, I've got the clip right here. Let's play it. I mean, you know, like you have this this clown Marco Rubio. I've been so nice to him. Uh, I've been so nice. <laughs> I've been so nice, and then. No, I love... <laughs> no! No! He's like turning into Christopher Walken. And then... No! No! <laughs> Streets of New York, no! He's completely out of his element here. Yeah. I mean, it's so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Donald Tr- he's this is the this is the side of the Republican party that's going to slowly dismantle him. And
1: he's so weird, he's bringing along props. He brought his Bible. He did. He brought his Bible oh, with him. Adorable. He brought it up. He said most importantly, I brought my Bible. And you know, it's First Presbyterian Church Jamaica, and this was written by my mother with my name with it was a long time ago. Uh-huh. With my name, with my address, with everything. In case I lost it, somebody would return it. And then he brought his Bible up again. And he goes, "This is key." This is key. <laughs> this is key. This is key. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's playing. He's trying to play to He goes, the word Christmas. It's, it's fucking, it's, it's October, and he's like, the word Christmas. I love Christmas. Yeah. And you know, other people can have the holidays. No, but Christmas is Christmas. Remember the expression, Merry Christmas? You don't see it anymore. You're going to see it if I get elected. I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now.
0: He's going to bring back Christmas? <laughs> he's going to bring back Christmas. I'll, I'll tell you. If I'm elected... Get Christmas back. Well, that's what's. He's so promising fun. Christmas. He is promising <laughs> as the as the Democrats promise free health care and uh, you know you never have to work a day in your life again because the government will finance you. The Republicans promise Christmas. <laughs> so I, it's very, I, you know, honestly, I love Christmas. I
1: love Christmas too. Who doesn't? It's great. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's got there's a lot of fudge. A
0: Christmas story on TBS. I love and, it. Like forty eight hours straight. A lot. Of although it. I think they ended that. No, they didn't. They didn't. That I, I partook last year. Isn't that fun? <laughs> he's promising Christmas. So, again, Scott Walker, he's got $24 million bucks, and it's just out there. He doesn't. His super PAC does. And it's just out there. So the candidates right now are really going after it. And, of course, Scott Walker was sort of your insider outsider. He was your establishment mm-hmm. Republican, but he was a governor. He was, you know, he was, to his credit, he did reform Uh, The state of Wisconsin. A lot of people think for the negative. Yeah. Um, Obviously, he busted all the unions and things like that, which was not easy to do. So he did have a record of change for Wisconsin. Again, for the better or for worse, but that was really what uh, people liked about him the most. So I think Marco Rubio is setting himself up to get a little bit of that money, and that would make a lot of sense because they have a similar. uh, They have a similar. um, Obviously, uh, Marco being a senator, not a governor they uh, they attract a similar type mm-hmm. and they attract a similar constituency. So, we'll see what happens who gets the bump from Scott Walker leaving. There's still 14, 15 people in the race. So, it's not as if it's a small crowd, but, you know. I mean, they're they're both they're somewhere between far right and center right. Well, they they're really running the full spectrum. Um that's for sure. And I'm just, you know, it is I am going to miss Scott Walker though because It's just nice when you make a wish as an autistic child, (laughs) and it comes true. And you get the feeling that's exactly what happened with him. When Mm -hmm. he was nine years old, he was on a boardwalk in Wisconsin, and he went to a small robotic genie. And he said, "Mm, robotic genie, I want to be gone for now. (laughs) And it turned out that robotic genie was blessed by the devil. Yeah. (laughs) And he made it happen. And Scott Walker didn't even know what governor was. No, he didn't. <laughs> Doesn't know how to smile. Quite a bit of a monkey's paw he has there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is it? Why the amount of hideous physical features that it seems to require to be a politician? Yeah. What happened to the handsome politician? You know, even when, when old school... Let's see. Even Gerald Ford, the people, the, the 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 president that everyone thinks was unbelievably bumbling. Yeah, he was an NCAA football player. Yeah, one of the most athletic presidents in the history of the presidency. He fell down a couple of stairs, and Chevy Chase made a career out of it. <laughs> but at the very least, you know, back in his day, he was he was a strong, strapping young man. Yeah, I can't vote for anyone that looks like Scott Walker. No, wormy. He's too wormy, and again, you know that's it's it's superficial. But yeah, that's primaries. I
1: mean, people talk about you know all the, the you know the, the you know Americans vote based on appearance so much. But can you name the last good look? I mean, Obama's a good-looking guy. Obama's handsome. Yeah, Michelle is beautiful. Yeah, Michelle's beautiful. Obama's handsome. But now you look. I mean, it's all trolls. Bernie Sanders. That is not a good-looking man.
0: Well, but. It's fun because you know exactly what he looks like when he wakes up in the morning. He looks like (laughs) that always. I love, yeah. Bernie, I like it when he gets flustered and the hair. I don't even think he pulls it. Uh, It just stands up. It's very exciting. Like a cartoon, just comes all out on end. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he's got to invent uh, the time machine, and he's using a DeLorean <laughs> to do it. He's definitely got a back-to-the-future pre- uh, scientist-type look going on, and, and good for him. Uh, but we spoke a lot about positive—we'll go back to the Republicans in a second. But we spoke about Bernie Sanders on the last episode— re- um, uh, regarding his prison uh, stance, you know, obviously, you know, discussing the prison industrial complex and all that. Barack Obama has been doing and i got to give some praise to the man. He is doing something with Vice Media, which is what it is. I mean, you know, whatever. They're cool. Did you know that? Super cool. They're the coolest. Yeah. Oh my, one day I want to be cool like Vice <laughs> so, that, so then I can go to the the fun parties and then I can meet and people will like to hang out with me. Oh, yeah, they're real fun. Yeah. Ugh. Hey, Vice, invite me to your party. I'll eat all of the cheese. If you invite me to your party, I'll eat every goddamn slice of cheese you have and leave. That's a Ben Kissel promise. You, if you invite me to any of these, uh, you know any of these corporate functions where the people are supposed to be so cool, you just, say goodbye to the cheese. Get out, and you know I'll have a couple of crackers just so it doesn't look weird. Yeah, yeah, of course. You can't but, just eat all the cheese. Oh my God! We'll go back to Obama in a second here, but let me just talk about Lunchables. <laughs> Because the Lunchable was one of the greatest inventions in human history. I don't care what people say. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. Because it was a lunch, and then you were able. It was a yeah. Lunchable. A Lunchable. Yeah. Able to eat it. Yeah. S- simple. Very. Simple. Remember when food was so difficult to eat? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, I, 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 apple, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, it was very easy to eat a lunchable because you just peeled off the plastic, which is how you—that's how cavemen used to eat. Yeah, peeling <laughs> peeling the plastic. Yeah, off they it. used to go kill, uh, you know, a bear or a goat, peel the plastic off of it, and then they would eat it. That was yeah. that's traditional. Yeah, I would only eat one cracker per four squares of cheese. Really loved the cheese, <laughs> and it wasn't even—I uh, don't even know if it was—I don't—I don't know what that was. It was mm-hmm. pasteurized something. It was yellow. Yeah, I don't know if or that orange was, cheese, was it an orangey yellow. I'm not sure if it was or not. I don't know if it was cheese. I'm six foot seven though, <laughs> so I can't say Lunchables didn't uh, you know make that happen. I definitely know that I am six foot seven, and I definitely know I ate Lunchables. So I think there might be a correlation, maybe spurious, but it's possible. I guess it's possible. Did you find out what the cheese is? (laughs) And that's what I'm
1: looking for. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know what I found on uh, a FujiKate.com. Okay. FujiKate. The word cheese is in quotations. Mm. So, quote unquote cheese and quote unquote turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, called the uh, what they actually call it is pasteurized prepared cheddar cheese
0: product. Wow, welcome to the future. (laughs) That's amazing. The future of 1993. Is that not the year? (laughs) What year is it now? Yeah, that is... the Yeah, that's a cheddar cheese product. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, speaking of cheddar cheese product, that's exactly what people eat in prisons. They usually have cheese sandwiches and things like that. When I spent 25 hours in the tombs here in New York City, all cheese sandwiches and 2% milk just to make the place as stinky and and disgusting as possible. But Barack Obama is going in... With Vice Media. He's doing something I think is actually truly amazing. He's speaking with inmates uh, in the prisons. And uh, can you imagine, you know, as, as we have a people's pope, and the one thing I have to say about the pope, I do enjoy the idea that people who are, that, that feel disenfranchised, feel as if they have somebody who relates to them, which yeah. I think is what this new pope, you know, that's what he, that's what he that those are the people he resonates with. He doesn't like you. I just want, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it's the same thing with Eddie Vedder at the citizens, you know, global citizens, like yeah. none of these people. But anyway, I get too jaded because I'm from Wisconsin and uh, mean streets, uh, the mean streets of, of, uh, what, what was it again? Stevens, Stevens point? point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I learned a few, uh, You learned a few things from the mean streets of Stevens point. Never let, well, first of all, always let a fried cheese curd cool. <laughs> oh, Never yeah. pop it in your mouth oh. when it's wet. Cause it expands and the whole thing burns up. <laughs> That's that's true. Yeah. That's just a fact.
1: No no no. Yeah. My girlfriend's from Wisconsin as well. She's she
0: I've heard about curd and the curd lore. Mm-hmm. And if you eat the last pickle in the jar, you gotta slam the juice. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh, I don't know. I actually love pickle juice and I love pickles. Mm hmm. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, if I am at one of those fancy it's the Marcus Parks promises I will eat all the
0: pickles. Okay. If the pickles are there. So if you have Kissel and Parks at your at your uh, wedding or any sort of event function, say goodbye to the cheese and the pickles. <laughs> we are going in. And if you have any of that fake turkey, I'll probably dabble in that too. Uh, by the way, cheese product is anything that is uh, has cheese in it uh-huh. that presents itself as cheese. But it's less than fifty one percent cheese. So it identifies as cheese. <laughs>
1: yeah. Even though yes. it is
0: not presents itself as cheese. Does it wear a top hat and a cane and an when <laughs> it walks through the door like some bizarre, you know, carnival barker from <laughs> <laughs> you nineteen know, ten. Presents its it's cheese. It's, I, it's, it's not presenting <laughs> itself. As, it's not a thing. It's not an it. it
1: so okay, it's not presenting itself. The the craft company, the craft right. corporation is presenting it as cheese. They're saying here this is cheese, but it is not actually cheese. It's cheese product because it's less than 51% cheese.
0: Right. Well, cheese product if you wanted to visualize what it would look like, Scott Walker. Again, <laughs> to bring it back to Mr. W- that's exactly. Oh, hey. Cheese oh. product. I don't know what happened with Scott Walker's. I think it's his right eye or left or whatever. Left eye, I think it's his left eye. When you look at him, it's the right eye. Mm-hmm. It's just always like, didn't get the wake-up call. God. I don't know what happened. Anyway, Barack Obama is doing something with Vice where he goes into the prisons and he's discussing uh, with prisoners. And this, is, I think, is very amazing because you can imagine you're in prison, you got God knows for what, and uh, you get to sit down with the President of the United States. I feel like it's a really humbling experience for the president and for the people there that actually get to go meet the leader um, of the country, uh, hopefully it inspires them to when they get out they feel more franchised. Yeah, right. Because that's the whole point. I mean, the, the pro- I'm completely against um, not allowing felons to vote. I think the no, whole it's, notion that's is awful. It's awful. It. I mean, you know, people talk about you know new slavery, new Jim Crow. That's exactly what the prison industrial complex is to the to. To the slavery argument, they create much of the military goods. We talk about it regularly. A lot of uh, you know local governments get a lot of their you know whatever sheets, whatever it might be, whatever the hell, whatever the hell they need to be produced, and then the Jim Crow is um, disabling their ability to vote.
1: And it doesn't make any sense. That that rule to me doesn't make any sense because there's I don't know if there's been one single felon in the history of American crime that has said I don't know if I want to do this. I might lose my ability to vote.
0: Well, that's totally like, it's, true. It's not a deter- it's no. not a deterrent it's, whatsoever. It's it's not a deterrent. If anything, it it increases. Um, in my opinion, it increases their um, the 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 speed that they go back into uh, doing illegal activity. Because literally, if you can't vote small elections are what matter you know congressional mm-hmm. uh elections matter and i was talking with a fan a fan about this last night dis- and he was discussing how he doesn't like the two-party system and certainly i mean the two-party system is extremely flawed but you have you know with the democrats right now you have bernie sanders and hillary clinton there's also the the harvard professor who was mm-hmm. running and uh and of course uh, uh what is it chasley not a chasley not chasley <laughs> There's one other Democrat running. Nobody talks about him. Yeah. Um, But anyway, they do represent uh, different. Political identities and different political affiliations within the sides, uh, within uh, each side of the party. So Bernie Sanders, you know, obviously he's resonating with your much more left-leaning individuals. He doesn't have a different, um, he doesn't have a uh, a different political affiliation over his head per se. But to some degree, it is a multi-party system if you think about it in the way that they all represent different constituency. And at the end of the day, even if it is you know a situation like you have in the UK, it does come down to two people at the end of the day. Yeah but really the problems with the the the, the problem is uh, much smaller than the two-party system if you really just break it down and when i say smaller it's all just local stuff so if you just go back and you get rid of all the redistricting and all the gerrymandering that's happened over the years and you know gerrymandering happened because of the senator there was a governor of massachusetts and his uh his last name was Jerry, and he was the first one to redistrict a um, a district to uh, to ensure his election. And it looked like a salamander, and that's why they called it a gerrymander. Holy shit! Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, but but you can imagine how how weird that looks. Yeah, and, and it's so obvious. It's so unbelievably corrupt to carve out a constituency. But everyone's been doing that so much now throughout the um throughout uh all the all the uh, congressional districts that it's really ruined. What the base of governance was supposed to what, – what governance was supposed to do was to bring two different ideas together, two different you know, uh, philosophies together, and find a way to uh, incorporate the best parts of both philosophies. Mm-hmm. And then this would theoretically be uh, you know, a positive policy to uh, introduce to government, and then you have a functioning democracy. Yeah. Obviously, we live in an oligarchy. Um, Jimmy Carter was discussing that uh, just the other day. But um, – so, that, that, so it's, it's not about the two-party system. We have to go back to the local elections and change the gerrymandering, change the redistricting. Every single state should just be cut in a grid. Everything should just be in a grid regardless of population. Don't take into account income, uh, orientation, religion, race, whatever. Grid it out. And that would be a possible way to just solve the problem of gridlock because these people who go into office, like David Brad, who beat out Eric Cantor. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have to talk about John Boehner in a second. He he was able to win because he, he did very well with the uh, conservative radio host. Laura Ingram really liked him. The Rush Limbaugh's of the world really liked him. So now he's going over. To, uh, to Congress with no referendum to do anything other than hold his ground. There's no notion of compromise. As a matter of fact, that would be a negative effect on his political career if he did compromise. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's what these people are getting, uh, especially like the Tea Partiers, which is, you know, we can talk right. about with John Boehner right now, is that it's the, the
0: governance of obstruction. But this is what I want to talk about. The, but, but going back to prisoners not being allowed to vote. Uh, that's where the vote really matters in these small elections. In these, in these elections, where literally people are getting elected from 1,500 votes, mm-hmm. you know the, the the vote difference can be in the hundreds, and it can be a handful of individuals. So voting on a national level maybe it doesn't necessarily um, mean that much, especially if you live in New York with the electoral college as it is. Um, and the fact that we just live in a democratic stronghold state, mm. it doesn't matter. But local elections—that's where that's where real change can happen. So when you don't allow felons to vote, it's a, it's a systemic problem that goes all the way up to the uh, you know to that that does translate to the to the national presidential race. But it really begins at the local level, and that's why hopefully um, something can be changed when it comes to that. So if you do want to send an email send it to Barack Obama (laughs) and let him know we got to give felons the right to vote Mm -hmm. because after you go and do your time I feel like that was the whole thing
1: yeah but legislature like that is impossible to to get through anything that is you know it's soft on crime any kind of anything that can be seen
0: as soft on the on crime is just impossible especially now it might be changing a little bit I do think because of the problem I think the the prison problem is uh, officially a mainstream issue and I think uh, Americans have come around to the idea that these long, and like we talked about in the last episode, um, when it came to the mandatory sentences for crack cocaine, mm-hmm. after Len Bias died, that's when they came up with these insane decade-long, you know, um, incarceration uh, uh, in- incarceration rates. And um, so I think that people are beginning to see that it cost the taxpayer millions and millions of dollars. These private corporations who are running, um, you know, for- for-profit industries off of the backs of people literally human beings as their massive uh, as, as as their form of income I think people are starting to see it. yeah anyway I move on Lincoln Chaffee Lincoln Chaffee oh my <laughs> god how did I forget <laughs> Lincoln Chaff I'm so sorry I I talked too long that, uh, just there Marcus No
1: no 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 Lincoln Chaffee. Lincoln Chaffee. Yeah looks like Martin Short's cousin
0: Uh well he wants to go he wants to get rid of metric that's his whole thing Or he wants to get rid of standard and go to metric Yeah yeah he wants to are we metric or No
1: they're metric the entire rest of
0: the world is metric You know what's funny about that Ronald Reagan also wanted to go to metric Yeah Yeah and he, he tried it uh, desperately In 1984 he tried to push through uh, legislation that would encourage, you know, uh, metric teaching, but then nobody liked it. No, everyone and then he was just it. like, But I mean, at the end of the day, it's not exactly something I'd die for. <laughs> if I'm a politician, I'm like, I don't know. Okay, I, I, I said maybe metric just so we could fit in with the rest of the world, but how about the rest of the world fit in with us, Marcus? Yeah! A yard is three feet. <laughs> Literally, if you would tell people that you want to go metric, they'd be like, but what about football? And then you'd have to be like... I'm going to have to change the game you love the most. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm running for political office. I don't want to ruin your Sundays, Mondays, and now Thursdays. Yeah. it's not And positive. Saturdays. Don't forget about Saturdays. That's right. That's my football day. That's right. You're, you're Texas Tech. They almost beat the TCU Horned Frogs, <laughs> which is rape culture. I do want to point that out. TCU the, the Horned Toads. The, are, they the, are they the frogs or the toads? The horned Frogs, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the Horned Frogs, <laughs> which I don't uh, I don't understand what that's all about. It, is that hor- actually? To tell
1: you the truth, is it? Hor- yeah, it's horned frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hor- horny toads. That's what we called them growing up.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. They shoot blood out of their eye sockets. This creature does, or the players <laughs> or, or the athletes do after they get hit too hard.
1: The creature does. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. The horn. The the horny toad is a, a wonderful creature. They were getting endangered there for a little bit, but they're coming back. I would assume they're going to come back in droves that was if, they, a, if they live up to their name. That was a big thing when we were kids. It was like you, you got you got in big trouble if you killed a horny toad because they were getting endangered. <laughs> it was the weirdest uh, conservation effort that I've ever been a part of. But it seemed to uh, it was effective. It uh, was very effective. They're yeah. back. Don't good. mess with Texas. Get your guns up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's
0: good. <laughs> Yes, but Texas Tech nearly beat the Horned Frogs.
1: Almost. It was a heartbreaking loss, but you know what? We made a statement. That you lost. <laughs> no. We made a statement that we can keep up. Yeah, but you want to win. We're like 35 right now in the, in the polls. That's good. It's great.
0: If we win next week, we'll be in that fucking top 25, man. We'll oh, be there. All right. All right. Well, speaking of losers, uh, John Boehner, I'm not, And you know, there was a joke about Texas Tech there. Um yeah. Oh, the speaking no, no, no. of losers, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You, you didn't get it though.
1: No, I, I was. Well, I was looking for the next story. Oh, okay. But fuck you. It was kind of a funny.
0: I was in trans. <laughs> I, I transitioned. You know how good I am with the transition. I
1: know it was a great transition. Speaking of losers. Speaking of losers. Because before
0: we were talking about Texas, Texas Tech, Tech losing the football. We're game. not losers. We just lost. But once. you lost so three then, and one. We're not losers. I'm six seven. I am tall. <laughs> That is that is that, and then you didn't win, so you are a. If we were one loser. and three, we would be losers right now. But right. we're not. We're three and one. All right. So, uh, <laughs> actually, as a matter of fact, this next story is it's is very interesting. John Boehner, uh, he resigned. He was um, man. I can't. It was a very very interesting situation. Speaker Shocking. of the House, and uh, orange is the new Boehner. <laughs> really unbelievable the pope came to visit uh john Boehner really did a very good job of orchestrating that entire trip and he loves the pope he was crying oh my goodness yeah. well he cries a lot
1: yeah he's a crier that's what he's known as every single story i've read about john Boehner resigning they mention the crying every time
0: it is a a little bit abnormal. Yeah, I do want to say he cries a, a bit much, and I cried in front of a girl one time, and uh, I didn't. I, I couldn't talk to her for three years. <laughs> I, I I don't know. You've
1: only cried in front of a woman once. I
0: cry twice a year.
1: Twice? Okay, that's I do. Uh, yeah, I'm about the same. Yeah, yeah, like two, yeah, like twice a year. Cry. That's um, that's enough. I hate crying.
0: I hate crying. Ugh.
1: I'm, like, fucked up for, like, a week after that. The next day, I feel like I'm hungover. Ugh. Yeah. oh yeah. snot. So much. I'm a
0: snotty crier. How about you? You gotta keep control. <laughs> you wanna maintain a little... I don't snot, no. I, I cry a little bit. You know. You know what movie made me cry? Mm. The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. That made you cry. Yeah, because I love father-son relationship movies, Marcus, because I have a... A strange relationship with my dad. Yeah, didn't you used to shower with him? My father, yeah. Oh, I mean, he was German, so yeah. (laughs) Well, that's just about uh, no, but like
1: up until like an an age that was like a little old. I don't know. Or no, you had a dream that you were showering with your father. That was a long time ago. I remember that.
0: This must when when was this?
1: (laughs) When did that cover? I think it was during the early years of the early episodes of Roundtable, where you said you had this very disturbing dream that you were showering with your father.
0: I don't know. I mean, let's not go crazy here. I, we, we it was a clean house. Yeah. We were we we're clean kids, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, sort of. I was pretty disgusted. But
1: I understand what you're saying about an odd relationship with fathers and that
0: that coming through. Yes. Anyway, um, John
1: Boehner so, cries at anything, though. I bet he cried well, during Pursuit of Happiness.
0: I'm sure that he did. Yeah. And I and I, I don't know what his relationship was like with his father. Barack Obama did not know his father. Mm-hmm. Think about that. I don't know why, but just think (laughs) about it for a second. So Boehner is gone. And it was, uh, he's gone to prevent a government shutdown. They were, they were um, threatening the, the Tea Party wing, the wing of the party, uh, and the evangelical wing of the party, the wing of the party that Donald Trump just got introduced to. Mm-hmm. And they didn't love his uh, holding up the good book, number one book. Number one. This is key. This is key. <laughs> this is key book. They didn't give a shit. They, no, they, I
1: mean, they clapped. They definitely yeah. clapped. They were like, they're polite. He, yeah, they're polite. I mean, it was a bit, they, uh, they said a near roar. Just well, they just—they're happy if someone shows them a Bible. Yeah, they just yeah, yeah, yeah. Show, you just show them a Bible, and they're going to go nuts. Yeah, of, of course. It's like a Pavlovian response. It's a very odd thing. Mm-hmm. You just show someone a book, and they go crazy.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. So um, that wing of the Republican Party has been at odds with John Boehner ever since he took over for the, uh, ever since he took over the speakership. And he has not been able to get his caucus in line whatsoever. He's tried desperately. Maybe it is the crying. Maybe it's just the um, congenial way that he politics. I think he was very respectful. Obama, the Democrats said extremely nice things about him. Yeah. Extremely nice. And then Ted Cruz and the Marco Rubies of the world were just like, John Boehner is resigning. And you would have thought. It was uh, the end of World War II, and people were coming over on Navy vessels here to, to here to land in New York City and hug their wives. It was a ticker <laughs> tack parade like the Yankees just won the World Series. People were thrilled to see John Boehner gone, and like I was talking about earlier when it comes to congressional districts and redistricting and what these the um the job that these people, um, when elected to Congress, what they perceived their job to be. John Boehner was a true politician, and I have to give him credit. He enjoyed uh, compromise, and he enjoyed the idea of coming to an understanding and finding a mutual um, agreement where both sides lose some, both sides win some, but at the end of the day, government functions. He was a functioning he was—he's one of the uh, few individuals in the Congress on the Republican side that really wanted to actually politic and and understood what the job was of a politician.
1: He had a 31-year career. He's an—he con- has an Cong- amazing yeah. career. And yeah.
0: so they shuffled him out, and a lot of people on the on the left were uh, some of you know your your. Um, People who I don't think follow or understand a lot of stuff, but they're like, Boehner is gone and they were like, you know, so happy about it, and they were they were mocking him again. John Boehner, he is he's a rational pilot. He is not for the defunding of Planned Parenthood, which is just a political football that is completely overblown on both sides. Yeah. You know, he was very rational. So the people that are gonna be replacing him, the options, it is uh Grim. It's, it's it is it it is straight out of Um, A Rob Zombie. (laughs) Just like if Rob Zombie could do a lineup of like, this person might be a carnival barker. (laughs) Who is it going to be?
1: The first one up is is McCarthy. Just a McCarthy is a bad name to have in the house.
0: Check his suitcase because it's full of vodka. (laughs) And pornography. And porno that's the best yeah mccarthy and then there's a couple of other individuals who are very mccarthy is a guy i believe this is true marcus can you google mccarthy lottery winner i believe he is the man who won a state lottery then started a small business and then ran uh for congress i believe that's his story but he is a tea partier and you know i Some of the Tea Party, I don't necessarily disagree with their stance on limited government. But then, of course, they sort of, uh, you know, they kind of blow it when they when they uh, intertwine mass religion uh, and and major religious rhetoric into their into their philosophy. That's sort of where they lose me.
1: Yeah. uh, What's his name? McCarthy.
0: He uh, opened a deli. With uh, five grand that he won in the lottery. He won five grand in the lottery and opened a deli. And that story in itself is like, that is so American. Oh, yeah. And he
1: used it to help pay his way through uh, college, California State University in Bakersfield.
0: That's such an American story, winning the lottery and opening it up at deli. Hmm. I mean, it's phenomenal. Usually they open up little meth houses. <laughs> <laughs> when you win the lot. I honestly don't even know what I would do if I won the lottery. I feel like I would probably just be like, I'm investing in Bud Light. And you'd be like, you're just buying it a bunch. And be like, yo, I'm an investor.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm investing in it. They're doing better because of me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sales
0: of Bud Light have spiked this year.
1: Mm, 31%. Mm, McCarthy also enjoys wearing (sighs) flip-flops. Good. (laughs) That's
0: great. Linen slacks yeah and, and can you do a a small google search on his history of extremism do you, do do people find him to be extremely um conservative when it comes to these social issues
1: Well, it says that his- co- his colleagues uh consider him to be an affable guy uh he invites people to his office uh or at least members of, of Congress and uh bring him over but uh, he was also uh Kevin Spacey
0: shattered him for his h- role in House of cards <laughs> <laughs> uh, that 's very interesting, so he 's possibly going to uh, take over the seat uh for john boehner it 's going to be very interesting to see boehner isn 't resigning until the end of October, so we get the autumn we get beautiful October with Boehner, so this is our last month with him, so mm-hmm. really, you know, soak it up. And I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of cries and a lot of tearing up.
1: Oh, yeah. And it, it seems like, uh, from what HuffPost says, is he's like, nobody really hates him, but mm. nobody really likes him either. I'm
0: trying to think of a character from a television show. A, a no, Jack it, and Lost? Jack and Lost could be. What about, uh, what was that one show with the hippie girl? Dharma, Dar- no, I hated Dharma. Huh? <laughs> More like Greg. More like, like you don't really like
1: Greg, but you don't really hate him either. But Dharma, you have very strong feelings about. You didn't like Dharma, huh? They hated Dharma, huh?
0: <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> really a- why do you you like Dharma? I was. Quite- why is this controversial? Well, okay. So to go to the point, yes, he is. He is the Greg. Yeah. This McCarthy character. No one likes him. Nobody hates him. He's the Greg. But. Boehner was the Dharma. Yeah, very emotional. <laughs> and I thought that she was spiritual. Dharma was pretty don't you, she was spiritual. She was yeah, of course that's why she sucked so bad. She was she, she liked uh, rocks <laughs> and, and they had powers and stuff, right? remember Dharma and Greg? I remember. Yes, of course I remember it's Dharma and great Greg. Great show. It was funny. <laughs> she would always dance on the couch. <laughs> Do you remember? (laughs) She was always dancing on the
1: couch. Yeah, yeah, I I remember it. Here is something funny about Kevin McCarthy. He's actually uh, has been in support of amnesty in the past, which is uh, that's something interesting. uh, For he says uh, he's down for someone to obtain legal status that will allow immigrants to work and pay taxes. Very Greg.
0: Very, (laughs) very Greg. (laughs) Big Greg move. Very Greg. So it'll be interesting. I mean, there is definitely it's going to be a whole shakeup. And nobody expected uh, Boehner to resign. He just, you know, I believe it was Thursday or Friday this last week. Woke, he said he woke up. He said his prayers, as he does every morning, probably to forget the sodomy that he had the night before, <laughs> uh, to to get uh, forgiven for it. And uh, he just said that today was the day, and he and he did it. It was very spontaneous, seeming.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it could have been because of the Pope. He might have decided. He might have discovered something about himself mm-hmm. and decided Maybe. this is the day. Yeah, could be. Or it could just be that he tired of dealing with the Tea Party every day of his life.
0: Well, I think it's been a lot of stress for him, and you know, getting nothing done, and to, to uh, threaten shutting down the government. This is, of, of course, for the Planned Parenthood funding. The, de- uh, the Republicans have to just just stop. Yeah, just, you can't shut down the government over Planned Parenthood, and uh, because it just it reflects. I'm just talking about. I don't even care if you're pro life, uh, whatever your uh, you know whatever your ideas are on the issue. Um, there 's a lot there 's a full range of diverse opinions. I was talking to some fans um, last night about the abortion debate and it 's completely black and white and that 's totally not true mm-hmm. i mean these it 's a very it 's a very invasive procedure it 's a full medical exam you know I did think you know for the for the people who are pro life um, and even I'm pro-choice, but I did think the "Shout Your Abortion" hashtag was a, uh, was in poor taste. Shout but, Your Abortion, yeah, it was on Twitter. It was Shout Your Abortion, and all, everyone was just like, "I had an abortion, I loved it." Some people um, uh, posted how um, they 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 regretted it and uh, things like that. But for the most part, it was a uh, positive, uh, you know, thing for abortion. And I don't think, you know, anyway. There needs to be a more nuanced discussion about the issue because abortion is it, it's not like you, you don't it's not getting a tooth bolt. Yeah. You know it's like a, it's a major ordeal. My friend uh went through an abortion uh, with his girlfriend who he absolutely loved. He loved this woman very much and he's a great guy. He's a very successful graphic designer and uh, they ended up getting pregnant. She got pregnant. He didn't yeah. Can't you believe it? <laughs> I hate it when people say that we're we got, pregnant. Yeah, well, we you, got
1: we're pregnant. No, bro, you're
0: getting fat. <laughs> she's got a child inside of her. So. Yeah, she's pregnant. Right. Um. So. Uh. But he was. He was. You know. She ended up getting an abortion, and he was devastated. Yeah. You know, because there's no. I mean, you imagine this. This is definitely proof the woman doesn't love you. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, it's very. What sad. if she gets an abortion? Well, yeah, I mean, and then of course you broke up with him. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you know. it's—I mean, I wouldn't say that, but I think it's proof that she wasn't that into him. Well, you know, in that situation, don't you think? I mean, you know, what what greater uh, what what greater uh, you know disc can you get? And be like, I'm gonna kill the thing you made with. me <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, I uh dated a woman who's uh she had the, the last relationship she was in, uh, before me she had an abortion and God, she was just the most nonchalant that yeah, yeah it was just like, Yeah, whatever. She, Cause she just never wanted kids. Uh very, very much against like having kids. Yeah. Uh and she's like, Yeah, I got an abortion, whatever. Yeah, it was kinda weird, but nah. Yeah. She just didn't – it might as well have been – yeah, going getting a – for her, it might as well have been getting a tooth pulled.
0: Well, you know, people deal with things at different times um, in their lives, you know. And a lot of times, you know, when you go through really life-changing things, the trauma doesn't really set in until later on. Mm -hmm. And I'm going through a lot of that stuff, you know, with just – uh, whether it be you know just growing up angst or whatever it might be, I mean, so who knows? Uh, you know these feelings evolve also. Yeah, and I think there needs to be some. We do have to realize that you know it, it's not it's not it's not a you know a day in the park. But anyway, the idea of defunding Planned Parenthood, uh, and if that doesn't occur, shutting down the government is completely insane. And this make the this is such a political loser for the Republicans. I have no again Planned Parenthood. Can, they do thirty percent of the country's abortions. They get five hundred million dollars a year from the federal government, which it's nothing. It's nothing like litter, like ketchup packets <laughs> get like seven hundred and fifty million dollars from the government. Yeah, that like might nothing.
1: That might pay for uh, rubber gloves maybe yeah maybe
0: like literally the federal government yeah they they give ketchup packets and, and rubber gloves to to schools or whatever it might be and they pay more than they do uh than they give to uh to Planned Parenthood so the whole shutting down of the government is completely insane and completely um just a, a, just a total loser and it derails uh the Republican progress that they've been trying to make with women with and with youth voters and then of course Donald Trump on the republican side also has sort of derailed any kind of inroads they've been trying to make with the hispanic community and uh again i i think it's mainly the hispanic community that doesn't like donald trump i think he has a, a chance with some other um groups but i, I don't
1: know i, I haven't kind of, we talked about this a little bit last yeah. night i'm almost thinking that the, that trump might be a, a bit of a faint he might be a Maybe the guy that comes in immediately comes out and says Mexicans are rapists, gets a real anti-immigrant thing going out or going against him. Uh, And then you've got other guys like Marco Rubio and George uh, or not George, Jeb Bush coming in who speaks fluent Spanish. He goes on Telemundo. He does some interviews. It could be because the Republicans need the
0: Hispanics to win the White House. That's what they've been trying to go for for years and years. I don't understand your theory though, because the Republicans absolutely hate the establishment, hates Donald Trump. Yeah, absolutely despise him. And he might be in on it though. For if anything, Hillary's financing this goddamn campaign. <laughs> if anything, there's no way. I don't see the Jeb can even come. If Marco has a great chance, you think he's our man? This. Well, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how he does. Again. He, he needs to present himself like he, he, he needs to speak like an actual president. He looks like a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man, he, he looks like a man boy. He looks like he's about to pull a sword out of a stone. I mean, it's <laughs> ridiculous how tiny and, uh, and, and feeble he looks. So, uh, but I think he would do amazing with the Hispanic vote. Though. Yeah, I, re- I really believe that. And of course, you know, being an immigrant or, or coming from immigrants, the son of an immigrant such as myself, I think that resonates a lot, uh, with a lot of Americans also. But, you know, people aren't paying any attention or not enough attention is being paid to Bernie Sanders right now, getting 30,000 people for, uh, for um, performances, for events. He is doing very, very well. And I d- the one thing about Trump he was able to galvanize uh, the support in such a riotous way in such a uh, authentic like people who support trump i've seen them on twitter i've gotten some messages <laughs> they're out of their minds <laughs> but they are 100% you know team mm-hmm. trump they're yeah. all about it and they're very aggressive bernie sanders is a similar situation of uh, fervent support and uh, people are very interested uh, in his um, candidacy. Now, can a Marco Rubio channel any of that kind of energy? That's the question. I mean, the if, if Trump, I wish I, I was talking about this last night. I just so wish Donald Trump would have been able to pivot out of the immigration debate because a lot of the benefits that he's talking about when it comes to self financing and when it comes to blowing up the entire establishment and telling people that he gave money to Democrats, it was earth shattering. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, and it was just the curtain being pulled back. And the Republicans, they know, Republicans, everyone knows. Yeah. This is how that works. If you're in business, you give money to politicians to get things done. I mean, we've all seen The Wire. I mean, yeah. it's very obvious. Like, and, and this is uh, tried and true. This is for, throughout uh, history, forever. Yeah. You know, so uh, so he shook up the establishment that way. And I think he really got a lot of support. Trump did with that. And obviously the immigration loses people like myself, who doesn't believe that you can deport 11 million people because <laughs> we can't even get a fucking bridge built in Minnesota. <laughs> you know, that's damn true. So – but Bernie Bernie, uh, was able to – he's trying to blow it up in an entirely different way and, you know, refusing to take any sort of corporate funding, going small donor funding, um, and uh, he wants to get a million dollars, I believe, by the end of this month or by the end of the next month from small voters. So it's – they are true two polar opposites of the political uh, scale when it comes to um, addressing the issues of money and politics, one being like, I have all of it already, Mm -hmm. and the other being like, maybe we can try to do it without it. Well, Salon has a
1: real interesting article out right now uh, where they're talking about how Bernie Sanders can possibly overcome the whole financial backing uh, debacle that he's got going on with Hillary Clinton, and if he gets the nomination, that he'll have against the Republicans is uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, is well, he yeah. he has more likes on his Facebook page than Hillary Clinton does, right? And more people these days use Facebook
0: than watch TV. Well, but like we with were, commercials, of course. Like we were talking about with the Global Citizens Festival, people sending out emails or leaving very long messages for Chuck Schumer. (laughs) These are um, pseudo-activities. This Mm -hmm. is like pseudo-active. In reality, do you actually get up and do anything? So the question is, does a like on Facebook equate a vote? Does do, does that get somebody out of their you know Greenpoint loft or out of their you know um, place in you know their their New Hampshire ranch? Does it have them drive thirty miles to the local YMCA or wherever the voting uh, place is and actually cast a vote for you? It's very easy to like. It's also he's a he's a good candidate to like if you want to not have any controversy in your life, mm-hmm. especially if you live in a liberal state. And you're trying to get laid by a lady. <laughs> Tell him you like Donald Trump. You've got some spleening to do. <laughs>
1: no but the 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 what he has though is that I don't know if it translates to a vote but you know does a you know a, an ad uh, on uh, say let's say on heroes reborn Thursdays on NBC starring yeah. our friend Henry Zebrowski. check it out <laughs> does a political ad during a primetime show does that equal a vote right. maybe not but it is still visibility uh, and it the is. Facebook it does and and also Bernie Sanders is very good at social media he knows how He's to write a short concise, uh, and passionate status, which is not easy to do. As you can see by Hillary Clinton, uh, her face, her social
0: media is just gross. It it is. uh, She is not good. But of course, the people around Bernie, I think they're a little bit younger. They're a little bit more engaged in the social media world, and they're able to help him out quite a bit because Bernie Sanders, Twitter. (laughs) I mean, but I feel when I'm 74, they're going to be like, Oh uh, yeah, they're, we're on a new site. It's called Legume. And like, What's Legume? And they're like, it's like uh, we well, it's like a it's a nut app, <laughs> and it tells you where all the uh, drones are, <laughs> and you can only use
1: it by tapping on a
0: peanut. Yeah, so it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. And you met your wife that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's gonna
1: decide the next global election because it'll be globalized by then, Ben. Well,
0: the global citizens have decided that it will be. <laughs> Indeed, of course. But Bernie has great... Yeah, the, the social media team for Bernie Sanders is absolutely crushing it. So let's wrap up. So citizens, the Global Citizens Festival was hypocritical and nonsensical. Terrible. Uh, John Boehner is gone, and the person that's going to replace him is going to be crazier. Mm, um. Abortion's fun to talk about. Always. The Republicans shouldn't sh- shut down the government mm-hmm. because it's a political loser. Absolutely. Donald Trump, I'm going to say this. I believe the decline is about to come. Carly Fiorina's rise will will uh, be coming up. It's going to happen. I, I want to point that out. I do believe that's true. Her record at Hewlett Packard as a CEO, she had a tough job. No one's buying copiers anymore. <laughs> so that, that did hurt her. Yep. And uh, people are feeling the burn. Mm-hmm. Hillary is unelectable. We I, I read an article uh, today about how she asked Steven Spielberg to give her acting advice and uh, he sent over some trainers and then uh, she kicked them all out. Ugh. Yeah, she hated all the trainers and they're like, she's miserable. She's sort of the, um, you know, whoever played, what's the guy who played Batman? Uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. She's a Christian Bale type. She oh. yelled at a lot of people. And, uh, and angered them. Yeah, and she's
1: also trying to argue that she's a political outsider. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. she said, and she said, that this is what she said. Let, let's, uh, we got a couple more minutes. Let's, okay. uh, let's hear this. In the politics this year, it looks like everybody wants an outsider. <laughs> now that puts you in a fix. Uh, I don't think, you know. Does does it doesn't put you in a fix. It, Tell I, us why it doesn't put you in a fix. I, I cannot imagine anyone being more of an outsider than the first woman president. I mean, really, let's think about that. Now, I agree, I, but I, I mean, your you name.
0: Up, if You, you know, all, we you, have
1: not all these mothers bring me the placemats with all the presidents and they bring their daughters and they say, my daughter has a question for you. And the daughter says, how come there are no girls on this placemat? No, so
0: I, I, think I agree that that, that I is think a, difference. That's a pretty big uh, yes. unconventional choice. Uh huh. Uh, all right. And so. she was so
1: proud of that she was even so proud of that as that she tweeted it out too. She said I she tweeted out I cannot imagine anyone being more of an outsider than the first woman president.
0: Right. So I mean it, I mean I don't know are it, what 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 is are women is is it uh, is it an extremely oppressive culture or is this a benefit to be the first woman president I mean what the narrative is completely conflicting
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any yeah it doesn't make any sense at all right. It's like she's a lifelong politician She has yeah. it's uh, the, the 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 things that she is the the deals that she's made and the relationships that she's formed over the years Yeah, it's not going to suddenly change when she gets into the White House and everyone yeah. suddenly remembers that she's a woman. She's still a fucking a political insider that has been on the inside that was in the White House for eight years.
0: Yeah, and it's demeaning to women in general. The whole whole statement is absolutely pathetic. Of course, she's a political insider, and the idea that the fact by the fact that she's a woman uh, naturally makes her an outsider in itself is an offensive statement and an offensive philosophy to hold. Yeah, of course she's an insider. Yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, at the end, this is why she's failing so miserably. At the end of the day, just admit that you're an insider move on, and talk, pivot to a social, To pivot to an issue. Yeah. You know, not, anyway. She was Secretary of State. Well, of course. <laughs> she, was, she was a if senator. If you get a chance, go back and watch some of her um, speeches when she was a senator, especially the one about uh, how marriage is sacred and it needs to be, Kept between a man and a woman, and this was two thousand and three. She's evolved since then. The polls told her to.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so she's changed her ways. Yes, but it was also I think the polls also told her that marriage was between a man and a woman back in two
0: thousand and three. Yeah. A man, a a woman, and an intern. (laughs) That's that's what marriage is between.
1: And maybe you could go back and also maybe find some footage of her voting for the Iraq War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was was
0: so proud about it. Yeah, oh man. She thought
1: it was the best idea that anyone had ever ever come up with so just remember that about her yep
0: well yeah she won't be elected that's okay but bernie's crushing it that's that's good for that side and we'll see what happens i'm my eyes are currently on carly fiorina and uh marco rubio on the republican side i follow them right now i think it'll be interesting if carly can uh, withstand the initial barrage of hate that she's about to get because she's number two in the polls Mm -hmm. as i predicted and uh people are going to really be dismantling her record if she can maintain um How well is she? If she can uh, channel how well she has done in the debates into an actual uh, campaign Mm -hmm. and into her stump speeches, I think she has a very good chance of being extremely successful. And Marco, I think, will take the war chest from Scott Walker. It'll either be him or your. uh, I don't see it going to a Ted Cruz type. I just don't. You know, he Ted Cruz does well Mm -hmm. in front of those value voters, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, Mike Huckabee won Iowa in two thousand eight. Um, Rick Santorum won it in 2012. The value voters matter on a local level, on a on a um, in a primary level on the uh, in the early states and the, the southern states to some degree. But to some degree, but the southern states are
1: going to go Republican no matter what.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think uh, you know North Carolina is is up for uh, is up for grabs, and there's a it's interesting. The landscape is uh, the landscape is interesting, so we'll see. But anyway, so that's uh, that's basically it, I think, for the week. Yeah, I think so. That's right. Rest in peace, John Boehner's career. I hope you have a great time crying somewhere. He's from Cincinnati, which is a beautiful state. Ohio is a very nice state. Yeah. Well, we got to go record Roundtable. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, find us on the Facebook page. Um, it's just Abling Top top Ad on Facebook, so that's kind of fun there. And uh, you can find Marcus Parks on Twitter, at Marcus Parks. I'm at Ben Kissel. And I think that'll wrap it up, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Here we are.
1: For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com.